0: From the Jacob Media Studios. It's Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough on News Talk 1400 WOND. Be inspired, learn and understand the power of becoming a servant leader and transform your life while serving our nation. Meet those who have served our country, learn about prosperity and overcome sickness, poverty, and despair. Serving Our Nation. Begins right now.
1: Good afternoon, and welcome to episode 13 of Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough. For those of you that might be just joining for the first time today, I want to just convey to you the heart and the idea behind Serving Our Nation. This is a program focused on encouraging people to become servant leaders. My goal is to offer you hope and encouragement each week through at least two stories of people that are focused on servant leadership and that honor God, because I really believe that when you do that, blessings just naturally follow as a byproduct of what you are doing. Because beyond the shadow of a doubt, serving is for everyone in all walks of life. In the previous episodes of this show, you've heard some really incredible leaders talk to you. You had Honorable Patrick Murphy in the area of military. In business, you had Melissa Fitzgerald, and I would give her a shout out because she just had a birthday this past week. In faith, Pastor Phil Caporelli, and that's going to be relevant regarding our guest today. In community, you had Missy Gingrich just last week. And in family, I had the honor of having my wife, Heather McCullough, on. And the really important thing first, to all remember is that when you see a need, you have to fill a need because we're all ministers called with a special gift. And I want to briefly just tell you a little bit about me because it's important for the context of the show. I presently have the honor of serving as the academic director for Kingsway Leadership School. And that is an organization you heard Pastor Phil Capparelli talk about in episode one of this program and I have the honor of having two of my co-workers from Kingsway Leadership School on the program today. They are two really great examples of serving leaders. The first is Angie Pacitti. She serves as the leader of Next Steps at Kingsway Church, as well as the leader of Growth GrowthTrack program at Kingsway Church, and she's a member of the KLS lead team. Reverend George Prabasco is a licensed minister. He's also the assistant site director for KLS Kingsway Leadership School and he's the director of the Sunday Experience at Kingsway Church. Now when we come back from the break, I'll be joined by Miss Angie Pasiti. Stay with us, we'll be right back.
0: W223CO Atlantic City Live from the Jacob Media Studios, it's Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough on News Talk 1400 WOND. Be inspired, learn and understand the power of becoming a servant leader and transform your life while serving our nation. Meet those who have served our country. Learn about prosperity and overcome sickness, poverty and despair. Serving Our Nation begins
1: right now. Welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Rev. Dr. Paul McCullough, and I'm joined here today by my friend, Miss Angie Pisidi. Angie, are you on the line today?
2: Yes, hi, Paul.
1: (laughs) Angie, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to join the program. I really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, Angie, you have a very diverse background, and you do a lot of things in ministry, but I think the most important thing to talk about is your call to ministry. Like, how and when did you discern God's calling you to a life of ministry?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, it's so crazy just even talking about that, because calling and helping people discover their calling is now, to this day, like something that I I hope people do, which is so cool. But for me, ministry... um, was never actually in my original plan for myself. It wasn't necessarily something that I had seen myself doing, definitely not in the capacity I do it now. Um, I always loved the church, and I loved being a part of ministry. I'm a product of um, healthy church ministry. I grew up actually in the, the same church that I work for and serve at today. Um, so I, I always had a deep love for the local church, but never necessarily saw myself working for it. I was kind of raised in a way that um, actually, like, HR in the corporate world was going to be kind of my career path. Um, but the Lord, I always say, like, the Lord always has a better plan um, for us than we have for ourselves. Absolutely. And um, even just Ephesians 2, like 8 to 10, um, he, you know, knows um, the plan that he has for us to live our lives out Doing. And so for me, um, he actually started speaking to one of our executive pastors who's on the staff. She's my mentor. Her name's uh, Pastor Alina she would be awesome to do on this, on this interview call, Um, but started speaking to her on a mission trip that we went on. I was probably um, maybe like a sophomore, junior in high school at that point and just put it on her heart that um, I was called to ministry. And he actually put that on her heart before he had revealed it um, necessarily to me, but I was in love with him. I was, I was open to whatever. Um, And she just started mentoring me and started uh, putting all of this um, leadership, just calling leadership potential out in me, teaching me about leadership. And at the time, I didn't really, I had no idea, you know, why she was doing that. Um, I didn't necessarily see all the connections. Um, but at one point, she told me, like, I really believe that you're called to ministry. And then I went away to college. Um, I kind of ignored that call, I didn't really accept it. Um, but then it's actually so crazy because the Lord is so intentional. Um, when I went away to college, I went to a Christian college, which God has really set up in a number of ways, and it was there um, that he not only, like, radically um, transformed me in my relationship with him, but he also started um, having me disciple college girls, and it was there um, at that university doing that discipleship that I really fell in love with ministry, and then I ended up going back to the church um, that, I, that I'm at now and did an internship under um, our executive pastor, the one who's Told me that I was called to ministry. I did an internship with her, and it was during that particular internship where it went from really like a uh, falling in love with ministry to an actual calling that I felt like um, I felt like the Lord was was really just pushing me to a calling to um, serve the local church and. Uh, it wasn't immediate. It was over the course of a summer. It was almost like step by step. He was kind of like drawing me in, um, and then we went away to a conference. They took me as an intern to a conference with them to this um, big mega church called Highlands um, Church of the Highlands in Alabama. And I just kind of saw ministry in a in a new light there. I saw just all that the Lord was doing, and it kind of for me went from like. Okay, God, like if you if you have me to do this, I guess I will just completely flip the box that I put ministry upside down and just have said, like, you have no idea what I have in store for the people that do my work. And my my attitude just totally went from like, okay, God, I guess I guess I'll do ministry if that's what you're calling me to, like, please let me do it. I wanna do it. I wanna serve your kingdom, I wanna serve you. Um and I, I came, that was really a summer that was very impactful for me. And then I came, I went, uh, finished, my senior, um, finished my junior year of college, came back, um, did another internship with our development pastor, fell in love with program development through that. So God really refined my calling during that internship. And then I got hired um, 21 years old, coming right out of college, and have been at the church now. It's going um, to be four full years uh, on June 4th, so... That's kind of my story
1: a little bit. Angie, that is a really powerful story. And I appreciate (laughs) the detail that you put into that. And something that really stuck out to me is you said that you started with an HR major and, you know, reflecting on the time that you and I have spent together and really just looking at what ministry is. I mean, HR is all about people and ministry is really a people business. And I heard you talk about step-by-step and God just leading you one day at a time, one step at a time. And that made me think of the verse in Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you, right? Plans for good, plans for a future and a hope. You know, we we don't get to know the entire plan that he has for our lives. We're lucky that we get to know just a little bit, right? It says... uh, I'm gonna. Your word is a light into my path, right? So yeah. we don't get to know the full path. We get to know the next step, just what that exactly. next step is. So I, I really it's think
2: amazing, it's amazing too how God like actually ends up putting all the pieces together too. Because even um, so even putting that heart for HR um, within me, I still you know he's still developing that. That's um that's still something now that I actually do to the church, do for the church, and apply it to. Um, taking care of our church staff and, and making sure that um, they feel cared for and they feel equipped, which is something that churches are notoriously um, lapping in, in good HR. So it's been really cool how, like, God God's calling on my life actually re- even just affirmed or even just elevated the things that were already there um, and magnified it and added new things. It never necessarily took away or pushed away um initial passions I had, but it always like amplified it for a different purpose, if that makes
1: sense. Absolutely. So when you talk about helping other people at the church, I know that you're involved in a great many things and that's one of the things I love about you. So when you talk about HR and helping other people try to figure out what they're doing next, one of the things that you're involved with is growth track. Can you explain what yep. that is for our listeners?
2: Yeah, sure. So, um, Growth Track is pretty much what it's like our connection cloud. Um, it serves as a way for people to really come and to get assimilated into the church, and also as a way for them to get involved and for them to find whatever the best next step of faith is for them. Um, it's part; it's one part of our next step strategy, which is for people to consistently being um, taking steps of faith, being discipled, being developed following Jesus. Um, but Grove Track in particular is a its a four-week experience. Three of the weeks are in a classroom setting. The fourth week is in a very like experiential um, setting where they get to be with a ministry leader, if that's the right step for them. Um, but in each week, there's a purpose. So the first week, um, whoever comes really is just learning about the church and seeing if that's something they want to be a part of. It's really where we we um, let them see under the hood of, you know, how the church functions and, and meet pastoral staff. And then the second week is all about them and what their gifts are, what their spiritual gifts are, what their personality is, how the Lord is working all those things together, um, and what he, where maybe he is um, developing those things to best fit in and serve the body. Um, and then the third week is about really just connecting with them and helping them dis- uh, discern what is the best next step for you? And, and one of the things I love about growth track is that it's not um, it's not like a, a class that you just check off and everyone has the same next step. So we have people in there that come and they're they're in growth track because they just want to learn about the church and their best next step out of it is to just keep attending. But then we have other people that come and they want to serve on a ministry team, and so they get to learn about teams and they get to. Um, uh, see what team they want to serve on and how their gifts fit into that, and then their next step is to um, to join a team and really everything in between. Um, so it's very intentional in connecting with especially first-time guests um, and people that are new to our church, but also in developing people to continue to um, to continue to make Kingsway their family, to continue to be a part of it. Everyone who serves on a ministry team, we require them to go through growth Track because we want the culture of the church um, to be presented to them and to be inside of them before they start serving. So that's that's kind of its purpose, if that, makes sense, if that makes sense.
1: Well, what I really like about it, and you said the phrase, next steps, multiple times, and I know that that's another program that you lead. <laughs> okay. So oh. how does this program relate to growth track and you know what, what is really the most memorable moment that you've seen from people being at what you call the next steps wall
2: yeah yeah so we um, we a couple of years ago were finding that we had a lot of people that were coming into our church um, but that they weren't necessarily staying and then we also had um, you know even a big mass of people coming each week but not necessarily, growing in their relationship with Christ and not necessarily um, continuing to develop their faith. They were kind of, like, settling. So really, for out of the desire um, for people to own and grow their spiritual journey, Next Steps was kind of born. And, and, and we say the words Next Steps, but it really just is our discipleship um, vision, our discipleship strategy for the Church. And basically, all the ministries of the Church fit under Next Steps. And um, we just really try uh, to connect with people, to have conversations with them, to discern where they are at um, in their discipleship, and then to move them, not necessarily like crazy amount of steps ahead, but just what is one next step in your faith that Jesus might be calling you or asking you to do, or, or that you need to implement um, in your life as a habit, or it could, it could be anything. Um, under We have... Um, we have, like, a strategy for our church of, of, like, know God and find freedom and discover purpose and make a difference. And so there's next steps under each of those, and, and there's, there's different ministries under each of those. So kind of seeing where people are at and getting them to the next thing. And even if they feel like they've, done, you know, everything that Kingsway has to offer, well, then it's urging them, like, have you thought about leading something? Have you thought about, um, you know, helping others take steps in their faith? So really, really the purpose is just that everybody is continually growing in their relationship with Christ. I I really try as a person to always continue to grow, to always be um, growing personally, but especially in your faith, that's really important. So um, when you talk about, like, we have a next step station in our atrium, and um, it also applies also line in its own format. But basically we have a team of um, team members and volunteers that really um, stands there and, you know, before service, after service, as the Holy Spirit moves, as people um, you know have a question or need something or want to talk about their faith, um, we're kind of served as like a resource for them to just have a conversation with them and then to follow up with them and to kind of champion them as they take steps to faith and as they go in their journey. And I think that one of, like, the biggest wins for me is when you see a connective story. Um, I have so many stories over the past couple of years, but there, you know, one, one woman emailed me over the um, course of the pandemic and just shared how like she came in as a first time guest right around Easter and um, she got saved in service. And then she went through growth Tracks just to learn, just to learn more about the church um, and then out of growth track, she got connected onto a ministry team, and she started serving with people, and just um, loving that, and just seeing God use her gifts to build up the local church. And then her step after that was to join a life group, and so then she started, you know, getting in the community. And then even that, you know, later on in the summer, she got baptized, and um, she was just writing to me all of these things, and how the Lord has worked through those steps how they've been special moments of faith for her, how much spiritual growth she's experienced, and just being able to see the whole story, how it wasn't just one ministry, but how all the ministries connected together in her taking steps of faith, that really just contributed to her spiritual growth. So I always try to look at people, um, people's stories as a whole, and to see how the different steps are all connecting together. Um, But that's really the win, is when people come in, they're not connected, they're not even saved, they have um, they might know nobody, and then to the end point where they're just part of the local church, they feel connected, they feel like they're growing, and they feel like they're Kingsway family. That, for me, is, um, is the biggest win. And getting to be a small part of their story. You know, when we do baptisms, um, when, when we do family dedications, when we do any big moment of faith, and I get to um, share that with them and champion it with them, that's such a blessing, and um, it's so cool. So... That's a
1: little bit about that. Amen, Angie. Well, listen, we have about a minute or so left. So I I got one last question I want to ask you. You know, when Pastor Phil Caporelli was on in episode one of this program, he really described in depth the Kingsway Leadership School program and how it focuses on the head and the heart and the hands. And you and I have an opportunity to serve on that team together. But my yeah. question to you is what is the biggest blessing that you've been able to receive from helping people with all their next steps, which in growth track and the next steps program and Kingsway Leadership School? What are the blessings that you've gotten? And what advice given those blessings would you give to young ladies that might be considering a life of ministry right now?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And honestly, we probably could take a whole nother session and talk about, <laughs> talk about this. Um, but I was just say, well, first out of KLS, the KLS program, I actually ended up meeting my future husband. So I'll always say that is one of the biggest blessings, um, that KLS has given me. But beyond that, I think just the leadership, the heart for leadership development, the heart for discipleship, being able to see that in real people, um, that really is my heart and just being blessed by um, the family that Kingsway Leadership School has become, um, getting to do life with the students, getting to watch God change and grow people in college when he did that for me and used my college experience to call me to ministry and to watch him do that and let me, and, and use me in other students' college experience has just been honestly such a blessing. I would say as far as advice, and I'll, I'll try to make this quick, but I would just say for anyone for, uh, looking at ministry, and I've thought about this a lot over the years because ministry is hard. I would say that ministry is an overflow of what's inside of you. So it's when you love Jesus so much that it just can't help but overflow. It can't help but to leak out onto other people. So I think that, you know, the way you view it, if you view it as that of it's what's inside of you already, um, instead of just doing something or whatever you do, it really is about your relationship with Christ and that overflowing. so I would say always keep that at the forefront. And then, Um, really just in addition to that that um, you know who you are is so much more important than who you do I think the next generation just struggles with that so much and character has sometimes like gone um, I don't know just not been the priority but for me so much more than everything I do and I love doing things me and you Paul are very similar Um, I love doing things but I think for me like choosing to be a person of character, that's always, um, that's always, like, served me and been a priority to me, and it actually has been the thing, I think it's the reason why God has used me and allowed allowed me to do so much ministry, um, because for me, it's, it's all about the heart, um, and His way is perfect, His plan is perfect, um, for your life, He has a, you know, He has a better plan than you have for yourself, um, and sometimes, you know, His will, um his will isn't like this thing that you're either gonna like you're either on or you're off like sometimes you just need to take the right next step and i always urge people to do that it's like just just continue to be faithful continue to take steps to faith, and keep him at the forefront and um and just make sure that your heart and your character is the most important thing um and he'll use you and and he genuinely will his you um, a better plan for your life than you could ever planned for yourself and it, it's so worth it so um, I, that, that would be like a little bit of
1: the advice that I would give Amen Angie, listen it <laughs> has been an honor to have you on the program today it is an honor to call you my friend and it is <laughs> absolutely an honor to serve on KLS with you.
2: Thank you Paul, alright I'll talk to you later.
1: Thank you Angie Alright guys. Alright when we come back from the break I'll be joined by Reverend George Probasco. Stay with us, we'll be right back
0: Atlantic City. Live from the Jacob Media Studios, it's Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough on News Talk 1400 WOND. Be inspired, learn and understand the power of becoming a servant leader and transform your life while serving our nation. Meet those who have served our country. Learn about prosperity and overcome sickness, poverty, and despair. Serving Our Nation begins right now.
1: Welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I'm joined here today by my friend, Reverend George Prabasco. George, are you on the line today?
3: I am. Thanks for having me on the program.
1: George, thank you so much for joining. I know how busy you are, but I really appreciate you taking the time. You know, George.
3: Oh, a- absolute pleasure.
1: You have such a diverse background. You have done so many things to serve other people. But I I think we need to maybe start at the beginning of where you started serving people. And from what I understand in conversations with you and looking at your bio, a lot of that was your time as a firefighter. Can you tell the listening audience like what made you wanna do that when you became a firefighter, why you did that? Like what was that path like for you?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my father was a firefighter, Um, still is, he's a lieutenant. Uh, volunteer and uh, my brother and family members were also involved in the fire service and so I kind of naturally just fell into that and uh, I would say about 2013 I uh, enlisted in a volunteer fire company uh, near near my house where I grew up and uh, they sent me to the fire academy and the rest is history
1: so In what ways do you serve others when you were a firefighter? I mean, clearly there's going to fires, but my gut tells me there's more than just going to a burning building. What was that journey like for you?
3: Absolutely. Well, the role of a firefighter is to protect lights and property, and so they do the gambit of things, not just put out fires, but go on to a a lot of dangerous calls, and so Um, I just knew that I wanted to do something bigger than myself at the time. I was at the time probably about 23 years old. And so uh, I just had this heart just to give back to the community. Like I said, be a part of something bigger than myself at the time.
1: Okay, so you said you were 23 years old. I I can't imagine being 23 and... And running into a burning building, running into the face of danger, the face of fire. What, what was the most dangerous situation that you ever had to deal with? What was that like for you?
3: Yeah, I would say that we got a call three o'clock in the morning on a early Saturday uh, Saturday morning, and uh, we went into this uh, involved basement fire into a neighboring town. They called our, our our township in for assistance, and so. It was actually a basement fire in a commercial building. And so we went into the basement fire, uh, made uh, some egress from Division C, which is uh, the rear of the building. And uh, we pushed through and tried to get into the basement. And um, before we knew it, the whole house um, or commercial building became fully involved. And so um, we had a couple other operating crews that were uh, in the building with us that were covering our rear. And uh, we didn't hear the evac go out. So after a good... Probably 10, 12 minutes of trying to get the fire under control, um, they called for the evac, and we didn't hear it. So um, by the grace of God, um, I always joke around about this, but by the grace of God, uh, our, my, air, my air pass alert went off, and we had, to, we had to evacuate because of that. And probably about five minutes after that, um, the, the whole building came down. So,
1: Wow. That is really something. So you talk about the grace of God and you being able to make it out alive. So I know that you're a minister, you're a person of faith. Were you then? I mean, did you feel like God is the one that brought you out of that situation safely?
3: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I was newly saved at the time, and so I didn't really have uh, an in-depth relationship with God, Um, but I believed full-heartedly that that evening that something else was in that in that room beside uh, myself and my partner who was working that fire.
1: So, now you're a minister. What was the journey like for, me, for you to go from being a firefighter to a licensed minister? How did you feel that calling? What made you say, you know what, maybe being a firefighter isn't right for me, maybe nothing else is right for me except ministry. How did you discern that?
3: Yeah, so as I mentioned, that I, I was on a journey um, seeking after the Lord. Uh, around that time, you know that that situation in particular kind of propelled me forward, really into seeking uh, who God was and and uh, experiencing who He is. And so, um, after attending our church and and faith-based community, getting around uh, a bunch of brothers in Christ uh, just to invest and to, to disciple me, um, I really just felt this this burden. That's the way I would like to describe it to enter into vocational ministry, and it wasn't externally influenced. I would say internally influenced that. That was definitely something that God put on my heart, and, um, you know, I would almost describe it like this. It's almost something that becomes obsessive. You can't stop thinking about it. Uh, You become, uh, you want to desire it. Everything that's in you wants to really give back to those around you, and not just in a, in a serving kind of capacity, but in a very loving way.
1: So when you talk about being obsessed with it, what did you do? You know, you, you heard the call and you were involved in things at church. What were the next steps after you? As you were becoming obsessed with it and you started thinking about it a lot more, how did you go from being George the firefighter to George the minister?
3: Yeah, so I actually had a conversation out of um, something that our church did uh, was really running at the time called Growth Track, and this was just a catalyst for growth. It really just um, gives you an opportunity to deepen your relationship with Jesus, but also discover how God made you. And so I went through that, and suddenly all the things that I've been feeling started to make sense. So I simply had a conversation with one of the pastors there at the time, and uh, he directed me to another pastor, and we simply had lunch and began that conversation, and um, over a series of conversations, he saw that, you know, I was taking that really serious and that the, the burden was still there. So he directed me towards some classes, which uh, I'm, I continued my education, really.
1: So I heard you say earlier that your family had an influence on you to become a firefighter. Did they have any influence on you in becoming a minister? Did that have any uh, an effect on your decision to go into ministry?
3: You know, they actually did not. So my family uh, grew up and, uh, and raised me Catholic, and so I kind of went uh, the other way and decided that um, that I didn't want to become Catholic or be Catholic. And my idea of a minister at the time uh, was a Catholic priest, but I knew right. that um, I wanted to have a family of my own, and so that wasn't the direction that I wanted to choose at the time. So I'm so grateful that I found a, a church uh, and a body, uh, really, just a community of believers that um, were able to develop me and uh, and really just help me explore my calling.
1: So I find it interesting, George, you had talked about, you know, after you had that experience with the fire and you started listening to the voice of God and you became obsessed with it and then you went into growth track and just started taking some next steps. I know one of the things that you're involved with is something you call the Sunday experience. And I can only imagine what that's like for somebody that might be new to our church and they come in the door for the first time. And the way that they're greeted, the way that people say hello to them, or maybe give them a hug, or maybe offer them a cup of coffee, that might be the catalyst for them, of them taking their next step, of their journey, like yours. I mean, does, does that resonate with you? Is that Does that sound right?
3: Absolutely, and you know, what you just said is so important. I really feel that we only have uh, about 10 minutes, and that's a floating statistic, so whether it's true or not, it's important. Uh, we have about ten minutes to really make a great first impression within that first ten minutes that person's already decided whether or not they're going to check out the church and stick around or never come back and so um... we really just want to remove any barriers or any misconception about the church culture and church uh... church environment and also within the faith community so the great commission tells us to go and make disciples of all nations and so uh, there's a lot of misconceptions, unfortunately, that are out there about the church world. Some people have been really hurt and harmed by the church, and so um, that's why the guest experience uh, is so important. And it's a matter of being real, genuine, and really just expressing to people that, hey, you're welcome here.
1: So George, when you mentioned Catholic and wanting to kind of get away from that and uh, faith tradition, you know, that resonates with me as well. I grew up Catholic, but uh, when I came to the Assemblies of God Church uh, with my wife a number of years ago, I had the exact type of experience that you're talking about. I was welcomed at the door. I was made to feel loved, and I knew right at that moment, all right, this is where I belong. And then from there, like you said, I wanted to check up the church and I developed a relationship with the senior pastor. And, you know, my journey was much like yours, just at a different location. But, you know, George, you're only one person. I can't imagine that you as one person can reach out and serve a thousand plus people that come to our church on a Sunday morning. How, do, how does that work for you? How do you take care of a thousand people as just George Fabasco?
3: Yeah, so we had uh, a guest experience team that consisted of about 110 volunteers. And language is everything. Language builds culture. And so with the, with the team members that we have, we call them team members because we want them to take ownership and feel like they're part of the team and really making a difference with what they do on a Sunday. And so we train um, rigorously uh, to just really give them that language and give them that perspective of, hey, We don't know what that first-time guest is walking in with, so let's just be real and share the love of Christ with them.
1: Amen. Is there a moment that sticks out to you of maybe somebody that came through the church doors that you had an opportunity to welcome, to minister to, that, you know, really has just stuck out to you over the years of doing the Sunday experience?
3: Yeah, we did. You know, and this was a little separate from Sunday, but a gentleman came in. Uh, to our church. He was actually outside, and he actually was coming down off of um, some drugs, and uh, you know, I had the opportunity just to minister to him and to share the love of Christ with him. So months later, um, he comes back on a Sunday, and uh, I was actually surprised to see him again, because sometimes, unfortunately, you don't see uh, people again, especially if they're struggling with narcotics and, and other things. And so I actually saw him again and he actually took me by surprise, but I remembered his name and I, and I shouted out to him and he walked over, but he was just as surprised that I remembered who he was and that, um, you know, I took the time previously to just spend time with him and help meet some needs in that moment. So, um, that is something that really sticks out to me and it's just a great reminder of why we why what we do is so important
1: well george you know it reminds me of the mission of our church to help people find and follow jesus and so when I think about that, and then I think about your role as the assistant site director of KLS, Kingsway Leadership School. So in episode one of this program, we had Pastor Phil Caporelli on, and right before you, uh, and Angie Pacitti, one of our teammates, she was on as well, and she talked a little bit about KLS, but you know, something that is unique to your role as the assistant site director is leading students through serve projects. And you know those serve projects have run the gamut of all different kinds of things that we've done. And when you talk about helping a person that's coming down off of a high from drugs, like I think about some of the people that we've ministered to and some of the really bad circumstances. Like what are the blessings that you've received from being part of KLS and all these serve projects that we've done? Yeah,
3: you know, blessings, I honestly don't have words for Um, I will will point you back to um, just the people that we get to serve. And notice I say we get to serve because it truly is a privilege. Um, Shout out to our students here. Um, They served migrant farm workers for their first serve project. They made uh, Christmas happen, personalized Christmas for 14 families in the city of Camden. And then they also got to bless and serve Some teen moms that are also from the city of Camden. And so really, I'll be honest with you, I'm very very hands-off with the project other than giving the students some direction, but they completely own it. And so um, I think it's really interesting for me and a joy for me just to sit back and watch them step out and lead and grow.
1: Amen, George. But listen, I got about a minute left with you before you have to go to a commercial, but I want to ask you one last question, George. You know, you and I have been friends for quite a while, and I know that you are deeply involved with ministry, but you're also a married man. And so how do you balance the demands of ministry and being a husband? And what advice would you offer to a young man that might be considering a life of ministry, but also wants to get married? And he's not quite sure how to balance all these needs and priorities.
3: Yeah, that's a great question, Paul. I would just encourage that young man, or really anyone who is thinking about uh, pastoral ministry or vocational ministry, is um, to listen to the mentors in your life. Listen to the people um, who really just have that voice and can see your blind spots. I would also say that um, if you don't have a mentor, get one. Um, go to your local church. You want to be active in serving in the local church. It's a great place to grow and really discover your purpose. One of my favorite quotes from Bob Goff is he says, give away time and you'll find empathy. Give away empathy and you'll find love. Give away love and you'll find purpose. And Mm. there's no better place to be than in a local church serving. Wow. George,
1: that is really powerful. I love that. George, I wanna thank you so much for your time today. I wanna thank you for your friendship and I wanna just thank you for taking the time to minister to the people that are listening today. I really think that people have gotten something out of what you're sharing and of your heart for ministry. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being on today.
3: Oh, it's an honor. Thank you for having me, Paul.
1: All right, George, thank you again. When we come back from the break, we'll reflect on the lessons of servant leadership we've heard from today's guests.
0: If you're interested in connecting with Dr. Paul McCullough or interested in being featured on the show, contact Jacob Media Partners via LinkedIn. Now back to Serving Our Nation.
1: Welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 W O I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough. And as we close out today's show, let's just briefly think about what we've heard from today's guests. George and Angie both worked in their community and in business before getting into ministry, and you heard how George wanted to be a firefighter and Angie was in HR. But in both of those desires, both of those occupations, there was this earnest feeling to just serve other people. And it really gets to the idea that you can serve no matter where you're at. Even if you're in HR and you are a fighter, you don't necessarily need to be in ministry to care for other people. But then when you get into aspects of faith, They talked about how you can get into programs like Growth Track and Next Steps and Kingsway Leadership School because one of the things I really loved about what Andrew was talking about was Psalms 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And we don't get to know every single step that's in front of us. That lamp is a pretty dim lamp. It only illuminates right in front of us. But what I, also heard Angie saying is that when you want to get into ministry, it's because it's an overflow of what is inside you already. You just have so much love for other people that you have to, you're compelled to get into ministry. And I heard George say the same thing, that he was obsessed so much with loving others that he had to get into ministry. And I love the last thing that George had said, when you give away your time, you're really showing empathy. When you give away empathy, you're giving love. When you give away your love, you find purpose. There is something really meaningful in that. And George talked about how you can serve your family by finding a mentor. It's really incredible listening to the both of them. And it really just shows that no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, whether it be ministry or in the community and business, there is a way to discover your purpose and serve other people. I'm gonna just say to you, you know, each week we talk a little bit about putting good into the universe and how it comes back to you. And just this past week, I had an opportunity to travel to Florida with George and Angie as part of our Kingsway Leadership School team. And I'm only a volunteer with that team, but I had an opportunity to go and learn more about ministry with them and how we can serve our students and how we can better develop the Kingsway Leadership School Program. And now I'm not even on the staff, but that was just an opportunity that God put in front of me because I was faithful with service to the program. And so the point is, no matter what you're doing, no matter what area you find yourself in, when you do good, good comes back to you. It's all about serving others, and blessings will just naturally flow from that. Listen, next week, I've got two really good guests. Actually, three great guests that are coming on. In the first half, I've got two women that are the founders of something called the Wow Center, Mel Padine and Noelle St. Clair. Mel is a life group leader and a coach at Kingsway Church, and Noelle is also part of the Kidsway Ministry. But they're, again, also running this business, the Wow Center. I'm really excited to hear more about that next week. In the second half, I've got Miss Erica Webster. She's an Army veteran. She's the founder and the CEO of Dub Fitness and Dub Wellness. And she's also a board member for AUSA and GPVN, the Greater Philadelphia Veterans Network and the Association of the United States Army. I want to remind you to sign up for my Spotify and Apple Podcast mailing list, and you can do that through my website at Rev.DrPaul.com. That's R-E-V-D-R-Paul.com. You just check out the show tab for previous episodes of this program, and you can sign up and get on the mailing list. Finally, as you go about your week, no matter where you're at, I want to encourage you to always ask, how can I help? Thanks for listening, and join us again next week.